Hello, this is Coach Tim Campbell, and I'm your host for the Self-Made is a Myth, Make a Difference Together show, where we're talking with successful business owners to hear their stories of the journey to building their business. And because we know that success in business doesn't happen in isolation, we're taking some time to recognize the folks who have helped us to excel. Today, I'm excited to have a fellow business owner from Indiana with us today. Uh, check this out. This is funny. Now, he said this, not me, but my guest cannot grow hair on his head, only on his face. <laughs> In his downtime, he likes to play golf and he's most proud of his family. So we will uh, get him to tell us a little bit more about that. It's my pleasure to welcome Andy to the show today. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you doing, Tim? I'm awesome. Thanks for asking. Hey, let's jump in and have you uh, start by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit of your personal story, like where you were born, where you live, about your family and, and your sure. hearts. Yeah. So um, I am, uh, my name is Andy Hendricks. I um, live in uh, Mooresville, Indiana with uh, my wife, Vicki. We've got two kids. Uh, one is just graduated high school. So we're kind of navigating the waters of college and pre-college, I guess, and all those things. Um, so that's pretty cool and interesting. My daughter is going to be a freshman in high school. So we'll have two freshmen, one in high school, one in college. Um, yeah, I was born in Northern Indiana, Wabash, only lived there for just a couple of years. Grew up in Terre Haute, Indiana, which is on the west western edge of the state. Um, went to school there, met my wife at college there at Indiana State University. And then um, we kind of migrated uh, to central Indiana um, about uh, 15 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of just set roots here and uh, just absolutely love love where we live and love the community that we're in. So um, it's really awesome. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about golf. Or how, yeah, well, I used golf. to be good. Uh, <laughs> I was good before I had kids. Um, and then I got busy doing that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I played in high school, um, got pretty good uh, out, outside of college. Um, I would, my first my first job ever was as assistant golf pro oh, um, at, at, a, at a country club in, in Terre Haute. And I worked there for three or four years and um, got to spend a lot of time playing and teaching and uh, just running tournaments and things like that. I just really loved it. So it's always been a part of me. And, um, you know, that's kind of one of my life goals at this point is to be able to to play when I want to instead of when I can. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just something that, you know, it's it's something that you can do all your life. And, it, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that I picked it up when I was 11 years old. Fantastic. So tell us, is there a, a funny story that your family likes to share about you that you'd be willing to to pass on and share with us? Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's mildly embarrassing. I, I like to pride myself on being a pretty uh, quick guy and picking up on things. Um, but this instance didn't happen so well. Um, I, I was um, talking to my son. He had gone to a um, school event and where they had to stay in a hotel. And he was telling me the story about the room and the buddies that he had in his room and stuff like that. And he said, we had a hearing impaired room. And I'm like a hearing impaired room. So was, and I, I said, I was thinking, so was there braille signs all over the room? And then I realized that that would be for visually impaired people, <laughs> not hearing impaired people. So they like to make fun of me that I couldn't decipher the difference between uh, the hearing impaired room and the the braille or the the visually visually impaired room. So that was that's one that they make fun of me for still about every time I go to a hotel. That's so. awesome. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing. Yeah, for sure. 
Andy, tell us about how the business came about and at what point did you have the confidence that you could run your own business? Yeah. So I don't know. My story is maybe a lot like a, a lot of guys or maybe not like a lot of guys. I don't know for sure. I mean, it was a slow start for me. Um, I had been working at a job that I absolutely disliked. Um, and um, I took I took it uh, as long as I could. And then I kind of got reached a breaking point. I was not a good person at that point in my life. I was angry. Um, you know, I just didn't didn't like what, what was going on with my life. And so I just quit the job and that was without notice and without notice to my wife as well, um, <laughs> who was pregnant with our second child at the time. And oh, we no. had a three-year-old son and I didn't have a backup plan. So, um, I turned to my father-in-law who was a business, a window cleaner. Uh, that's the business that, that I own as a window cleaning business. Um, he was a window cleaner, kind of just did his own little thing. Um, but he had some work that he gave me and paid me cash for it. And I realized that um, I liked it. It was satisfying. I could make a difference in in even in a small way in in people and help them with things that they, they couldn't necessarily do. Um, so I did that. And the next spring, I decided I was going to do that on my own. And um, I went out there and hustled and I drove a two door uh Oldsmobile Alero, if you know what that car is, but it's a two-door coupe. And I use that was my, I call that my first work truck. Um, <laughs> it was like, I folded down the back seats and I stuck a little foldable ladder and a bucket of soap and water back there. And I went out there and I tried to find what I could find. And I basically took any job I would, any job that would pay me. And I hustled and hustled. And um, I basically, at, after a year or two, I kind of created myself a job, not really a business. Mm. I kind of created myself a job. Yeah. And, um, you know, I could pay the bills, we could do the things we wanted to do on the weekend and we were comfortable, but it's still, like I said, if I wasn't out doing the work, yeah, there was no money coming in. It was, it was not. So I had to hustle and grind to keep it, to keep it up. And then obviously the seasonality of the work that we do, it got really tough in the winter, um, when we didn't have as many leads and didn't have as much going on. So kind of had to fight that fight. Um, so really it was like a six year deal where I kind of just, coasted through that never really grew always just kind of stayed the same and kind of could could as long as I was going out and working I knew we were going to be okay right um 2015 was about when I decided that hey this is something that um you know I need to take seriously and that's kind of when I started to work on myself a little bit um kind of gleaned from other people and um you know really started to take it seriously and learn how to how to own a business as opposed to have a job yeah. Wonderful. Tell us a little bit more about the company. So what's the name? Um, yeah. What do you guys do? How do you help people? Yeah. So it's A1 Window Cleaning and Pressure Washing Service. Um, that's what we do. Basically, <laughs> we kind of try to stay in our lane. There's a few ancillary services that we offer, um, but really it's cleaning windows in residential and commercial settings. Um, we power wash siding and concrete. We clean gutters. And last year we added holiday light installation to our lineup of, of services that seems to go really well with that uh, seasonality of our business. So kind of the time we start to slow down, we can do the holiday light installation and it kind of bridges the gap a little bit because a lot of what we, you know, what we uh, face as a seasonal business is keeping um, employees busy throughout the year. I mean, you want to keep good people around and, 
it's hard to do that when there's not much going on. So um, we've tried to add that service and it's really, really a good, a good add on. So, um, but yeah, we're, we're about 85%, 90% residential. So we're, we're in homes all the time. Um, with that, we try to be super customer focused and really, really try to, you know, communicate at a high level um, and just satisfy customers needs. I mean, and you know, that's, yeah, I, I I think we're more of a customer service business that happens to clean things. Oh, I like that. <laughs> That's a right. wonderful uh, perspective to the way to describe it. And uh, I think that probably I would assume that helps with the employees as well to to think of it through that lens as well. Yeah, that's definitely gone over in the training and talked about all the time is, you know, the customer isn't always right, but most of the time they are. And <laughs> even if they're not, you need to do your best to try to make sure that they're happy in, in, at, in the end. So, <laughs> yes, there are some times who our customers are not right, but that doesn't mean that we have to tell them as bluntly as it right. is obvious <laughs> in our head, right? For sure. <laughs> Andy, share a story where someone pushed you or inspired you that you could do it, even though maybe you didn't think you could and the impact that person had. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that. I kind of, I'm going to revert back to that, that 2015 time. Um, I was introduced to a, a podcast called the quick talk pod podcast. And the host's name was Josh Latimer and Josh owned a, owned a, a like business in Michigan. They did window cleaning and they were even more seasonal because they were in like, you know, Northern Michigan. Right. So they, they had a smaller window of opportunity than we did. Um, but he did this podcast and he was like, started out to be like a once a week thing and he would talk about the struggles of a small owner operator guy trying to go out and make it on his own. He had done this and he had kind of scaled his business to the point that he was comfortable and didn't have to go do the work himself anymore. And I was, I was on the other end of that spectrum where I was grinding every day, doing all the work and had to, you know, really, really fight, fight to get jobs and fight to eat sometimes really. Um, so, you know, the ideas that he presented, um, were really actionable mm -hmm. and, uh, um, practical things that you could go out and do simple things like yard signs and door hangers and, you know, just easy things, but maybe things that a guy that's just starting out doesn't really realize are, are things that are easy to do and cheap. Sure. Um, he talked about having, you know, maybe no money, but you have a lot of time. So if you have a lot of time, there's a lot of things that you can do with that time. And even if you're not actually doing the physical work of cleaning a window or whatever you may do, cleaning a carpet or whatever your job may be, yeah. you need to be working eight to 10 hours a day in, you know, even if you're not doing the thing. So um, I took all that information to heart and I would constantly have his, his podcast in my ear, listening to, to him. And um, so Josh has now become a friend. Um, we've actually connected, met our families, know each other. Oh, wow. Um, and you know, he's on, he's moved on to bigger and better things in his career. Um, and it's not even in this, in the cleaning space anymore, but his influence at that point in my life was massive. Mm -hmm. And, um, he knows this, I've told him all this stuff before, but it's, it's a very, very um, big deal to me that, you know, that happened because it, it, it did change the course of my business for sure. Absolutely. What a, what an awesome opportunity to be able to, you know, just probably randomly find him on, uh, 
you know, his podcast and, and start listening to him. What a great story. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I, I'm sure there's lots, but what's your biggest learning as a business owner over the years? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest learning is how to be a leader. Mm. That to me is, you know, there's all kinds of things, right? Marketing, accounting, all the stuff, you know, but people, it's all about the people, right? It's the people that you serve and the people that you employ. And that is the, that's the challenge. It's, it's being, being there for them, caring about them, uh, you know, being able to, even as a small business, do what you can. It can be the littlest thing, you know, that, that maybe they, you don't think it's all that big of a deal, but they see it as a massive thing. Remembering their birthday, you know, um, we have a list that we have them fill out when, when they come on board with us called the favorites list and they will fill out their favorite soda, maybe their favorite snack, favorite restaurant. And we'd like might surprise them one day with just like a pack of peanut M&Ms or whatever their thing is. And they're like, dude, that's awesome. Like how most people don't think about that stuff. And it's just little things that we do to try to make sure that we care for them and show them that we love them and want them to be successful. And, you know, I know that the, the business that we're in isn't a career for a lot of people. It's a job. Sure. But I just want people to be better off when they leave us than when they came in and look back on us, excuse me, their time here and say, man, you know, they really, maybe they'll be in my seat one day and they'll be able to take care of people the way that we try to just to, if we can share that with people, you know, that's, um, that's really the thing, but, but, but being a leader is, I think it's an ongoing thing. I think you're constantly having to, you know, learn those skills, practice those skills. And I don't think it's ever finished. Yeah, I, I really like what you were saying in terms of, you, you said it's not necessarily a career for most people, but we want to, we want to take care of them, treat them well. Maybe we extend their stay because they sure. love how they're being treated. They love the culture and and when we spend as much time as we do at work, right, it, it's, it's not always about the money. It's about the enjoyment, right? And the, the interactions and, and whether we feel valued and appreciated. So yeah, sure. great job. And I love that idea. I'm going to, I'm going to borrow it. The, you know, getting employees to the, hey, the, share their favorites. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, just, you know, my, one of my guys' favorite places, Texas Roadhouse. So, you know, for any, and he likes Red Bull. So, I got him a 12 pack of Red Bull and a $25 gift card for his birthday to Texas Roadhouse. And it's just like, that's super cool for him, right? Like he didn't get something he didn't want or couldn't use. He got exactly what he could like. So anyway, yeah, just knowing those little things and and taking the time to ask a few simple questions, Mm -hmm. it goes a long way for sure. Andy, we know that uh, success in business doesn't happen in isolation. So tell us about one of the, your biggest challenges in uh, growing your business and maybe a fellow business owner that you know came alongside you and helped you get through that. Yeah. Um, for me, and this is um, early, it happens today still too. It's self-limiting beliefs. That's, that's my biggest challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we, I think most people, struggle with that in all facets of life. Um, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not pretty enough, whatever it is, you know, um, but in the business world and it's, you kind of look at these guys that are, that seem to have successful businesses and you're, you're thinking, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. I'm not (laughs) smart enough to do that, you know, but none of that is true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, especially in this day and age with all the resources available to people online and YouTube and everywhere, there's no reason why you can't do it. And it's a mental thing in my mind to think, to get past that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, to add that new service, to hire that extra person when you don't know how you're going to pay for them, yeah. you know, all these different things. Um, but you have to get past that. So there was a coach, a business coach named Brian um, Haggerty, who actually lives in New Jersey, but he he was um, a coach of mine a few years ago. And he was kind of a, I don't know if you, not to stereotype anybody, but the New Jersey, you know, no nonsense, you know, <laughs> type of thing. And that was his kind of, he was kind of gruff and kind of, um, he was super loving, super nice, but he was kind of in your face a little bit and um, a somewhat aggressive at times with his messaging, but it was, it was all accurate. It was all true. Um, and all things that needed to be done, he just didn't give you any leeway. You know, he was going to make sure you did it. Uh (laughs) Um, so him, him, you know, kind of making sure that I help, you know, I, I should say, hold me accountable for, you know, the, the things that he wanted us to do made a lot of sense. And that pushed us through. He's actually the one that got us started in power washing. We were strictly window cleaning forever. Okay. And I was like, I'm not doing that. It, it's too much. It's too hard. I got to learn too much to, to figure that out. And <laughs> anyway, so he, he pushed us through a lot and uh, pushed me through a lot, I should say. And, you know, just the, 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 the belief that you can't do it is not true. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're so right about the, our self-limiting beliefs and all the negative messaging. And you know, it's also folks refer to it as the imposter syndrome we all have those doubts and fears and and negative messages that records that play in our head and and success is about 90% of success comes from right, our our beliefs so if we're constantly telling ourselves that we're going to fail or we're not good enough then that ends up being what happens that's what we manifest the you know the law of attraction kicks in and says okay well if you're if you believe you're going to fail then i have to make sure that's what you're going to attract right that's what the universe right. is going to provide so so first of all to your point acknowledging that we've got those messages and then you know putting mechanisms in place to change that record right to positive affirmations is a huge deal i've i've been in a, a mindset coaching program for about two and a half years and when i first heard about this whole idea of you know, changing the messages and, and, you know, affirmations and manifesting. I thought it was all foo-foo until I actually did it for real. And I can map out my revenue and it's a hundred percent correlated to where my mindset is at during, you know, during those months. And it's just amazing. The, the law of attraction is, is huge. Right. John Maxwell, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Think and grow rich is a, you know, is a very, you know, old book that, uh, same idea, right? The, that's based on um, the author interviewed a whole bunch of successful business owners over multiple years. And and the message you know, in a nutshell is what you think and believe is what you attract. Right. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. So I'm, it's awesome that you, you, know, you were able to, to have that uh, learning and understanding and, and be able to implement it into your business. So congratulations. Thank you. Andy, I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit. If I was to ask you to pick three people in your business owner journey that you're most grateful for them being there to help with your growth, who are those three people and how they help you? Okay. Um, so first of all, it's two of my current employees. And that's really just, I'm calling that one of, of the three. 
Um, Stephen and Ezra are guys that have been with me for four or five years. And that's the majority of us as we've grown from, you know, those are a couple of my first hires and um, they are, you know, I don't know where we'd be without them. And um, so that would be a massive, massive number one for me. Um, They've just been amazing and um, supportive and willing to do kind of whatever needs to be done and work the overtime and, um, you know, go through the slow seasons and come back and go at it again. So um, those two guys uh, are number one for sure. Um, Number two would be um, another business coach that I've had for the last three or four years. His name's Michael Grigory. Um, he owns a marketing company, an online digital marketing company, but he also um, worked in the same space that that, uh, that we're in now, um, and and kind of worked as a, a franchisee. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's got a lot of a lot of knowledge in in our industry and um, also in the marketing world. So um, he's 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 amazing um, and just been a bit really a big help and. He's based in, in San Diego, so um, kind of another big market and just has a lot of, of lot of knowledge and a lot of contacts, too. So a lot of help there. Um, and, and the third would be a local, another local business owner that I know, a good friend of mine named Todd Francis. Um, Todd is a uh, Indianapolis-based business owner, complimentary services to what we do. So we can kind of help each other out a lot with leads and um you know, we're kind of the same size business pretty much. And so we're kind of go, we kind of go through the same struggles. It seems like (laughs) with employees and, you know, all the stuff that equipment and all the things that just kind of seem to get in the way from time to time. Um, But, you know, we, we kind of share the same um, uh, mindset as far as faith goes and kind of just um, are able to bounce a lot, you know, sounding board for each other and, you know, that kind of thing and support too. So um, those three, Stephen and Ezra being number one, Michael, my coach, one of my coaches, and then Todd, one of my um, peers. So yeah, those, those would be my three. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. Um, Welcome. As you let's shift gears a little bit here and talk about the future. So as you think about the next three to five years, Andy, what are the biggest challenges that you see that you're going to face in reaching your goals and who are the types of people you're going to need to overcome those? Well, I think it's continuing to grow as a leader, mm. um, you know, and and being around people that have done this before, yeah. and and learning learning from them. I mean, it, it's it's one thing to have two or three employees; it's another thing. We're currently at ten or eleven, yeah. um, but to think about what it's going to take to you know have thirty, forty employees, fifty, whatever it is, um, that's again, kind of overwhelming mentally. Now, you know, my, myself two or three years ago, when we had two or three employees, I would never have thought we'd be where we're at now with 11. <laughs> and so it, you know, it, it will happen. And, and I know that, but, um, you know, I think also honing in a little bit more on, on the numbers side of things, um, you know, Sometimes it's easy to run away from your P&L and your <laughs> yeah. budget and just kind of do whatever you want whenever you feel like you want to, or, hey, we need this piece of equipment, let's just buy it. Yeah. Um, but there needs to be more to it than that. And, mm-hmm. you know, does it fit the plan? Does it fit the budget? That kind of thing. So those those are the really the things, I think, for the next three to five years. Um, but again, I feel like it's all about people. 
So I think it's, you know, the rest of the stuff will take care of itself, I believe, but making sure that we manage our, our people the right way and treat people the right way is, and retain, you know, good talent, I mm-hmm. think are all massively important to our growth. Wonderful. You mentioned, I like what you said about, you know, who I am today, right, would have, you know, or who I was, you know, three or four years ago would have been afraid of where the business is today. Oh, for sure. Typically, what happens is that, you know, the business will, will you know, we do things and and, and it focus on growing the business, it'll have a little growth spurt. And then, then there tends to be a little bit of a pause because we then have to grow into the new version of our business and and the the business can't continue to grow until we catch up to the the current growth of the business so it typically right. you know it'll be growth and then it'll plateau a little bit while we catch up to that growth and then when we're ready it'll grow again and then it'll plateau and so right. you're right in terms of you know leadership and and us just continuing to become you know the next version of ourselves so that we can lead the company to that next growth spurt that's definitely the challenge it's it's not being complacent not being content i mean cuz like you said it's you you know you get into this comfort zone and you're like oh, this is i'm comfortable here we're doing okay everything's yes. cool but you have to push through that to get to the next level and there's so many push throughs that you have to make to level up and it's it is uncomfortable but that's <laughs> the only way to grow i mean that in anything so yeah. We, we talk about the idea that everything that we want in life and in our business is on the other side of our comfort zone. For sure. So it's all about how quickly, like when we break through, right? One of those, you know, challenging things, it's then, you know, we can either pause and just uh, enjoy the, you know, the status quo or how quickly can we run into that next uncomfortableness, right? And, and, and experience the next growth and the next growth and the next growth. And that's yeah. how we keep building our business. What I've noticed, I think, is that the people that, are, that successfully grow their business the fastest are those that are comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. If that makes sense. Like Absolutely. they love that challenge. They love that next thing. I'm not necessarily saying that's me because I don't think it is. Yeah. Um, I don't hate it, but I am a little bit more calculated and and maybe slower to, um, you know, to take that risk. But regardless, I, you know, I think it's good and bad both ways. It can I can see good and bad both ways. But yeah, well, I think the, those people move fast. That, well, the great thing about your story is you've acknowledged that and you've hired external people to help push you. So that's fantastic. For sure. Right? For sure. Andy, last question here. Uh, Jim Rohn amazing business guru says that we become the average of the five people that we spend the most time with. So as you think about that quote, what advice would you have for people who are listening to this uh, interview and, and, you know, business owners who are trying to do it on their own and and think that they, you know, they, they don't need to ask other people for help. What would you say? Well, I think that was me in the beginning. And I think that once you start asking for help, you see how, um, readily available that help is and how willing people are to help you. Um, A lot of times for no money involved too. I mean, you know, you may not always want to take the advice you're given, but (laughs) you know, there's been people along the way that um, I've, I've asked for advice from and they've willingly and maybe not even uh, maybe unknowingly um, helped me either with confidence or, or whatever it may be, um, to, to, to believe that I could do this. 
Um, you know, I would also tell early, early stage business owners to not be scared um, and don't let fear get in your way because mm-hmm. it did get in mine um, a lot of the time. And, you know, one of my core beliefs in my life is you, you have to have faith over fear. And if you're going to, if you continue to do the right things and treat people the right way um, day after day, and you wake up every morning and go, go get it, it's going to work out for you. you it's not always going to be good. It's not always going to be <laughs> rainbows and roses. Right. But, yeah. but the trajectory is still going to go up. It might, like you said, it might level off. It might even go down for a second, sure. but it's still going to continue to go up um, over time. Um, and, and learn from others, right? Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Somebody, whatever your job is, whatever your business is, somebody's probably done it before you. Yes. Take what they've done, learn from that, get on YouTube, talk to Tim, (laughs) um, get a coach, you know, whoever that coach may be, whatever coach works for you. Mm -hmm. Um, when I did that, that, that skyrocketed my trajectory as well. Like, um, it, it, it's amazing when you have someone holding you accountable mm-hmm. and even the little things that you don't want to do and that you could easily pass off as I don't feel like dealing with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting those things done just so you're not, you know, looked down upon or whatever you are, whatever you want to call it. Um, that really helps as well. So, um, you know, that, those would be my things of advice is just don't let fear get in your way, learn from others and maybe, you know, take calculated risks. Fantastic. So Andy, it sounds like you've been blessed with some incredible people um, that have helped you along your journey. If they were all on the show here today, what would you want to say to them? Man, just thank you. I mean, keep doing what you're doing. I appreciate the the, the advice and knowledge that you've shared with me. Um, you know, as I grow in business and kind of move on to what might be next for me, I hope to be able to do that for other people. Um, you know, either employees of mine or outside folks that that would like you know, some, some advice and and knowledge. So, I mean, just keep treating people the right way. Obviously I was treated the the right way by a lot of people along the way and uh, being willing to share that, that knowledge and support folks is, is very important. And and that is not lost on me. So what they've done for me, I hope to do for others for sure. I I love your, um, your idea or concept there of paying it forward. It, what I found is that that generally is happening. So a lot of people will will worry about, well, I don't know. They seem really busy. I don't want to bother them. I can't, you know, I can't ask them for for advice or ideas because they're a super busy, successful business owner. They're not going to have time for me. How would you respond to that fear? Well, I I would say they are busy, but they probably will make time for you too because they've been through it and they understand I there's probably someone along the line that's helped them get to where they are yeah. and they're going to realize that you know this person has ambition and drive and all they might need is a little bit of help and um yeah so i would say make you know make that call text that guy you know send that email that that may change your life so yeah for sure do it Awesome. Andy, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. To everyone who tuned in, thanks for listening to the Self-Made is a Myth show with your host, Coach Tim Campsell. Be sure to help spread the movement by liking the show and posting about it on your social media. And to join the movement, go to bemadtogether.com. All right, folks, that's a wrap. Make sure to pay it forward and I'll see you all next time. Take care.